Welcome to Strategy for Creatives, business minus the bullshit. Whether you're new in business or find yourself in a season of change, get ready to build a strategy, create an action plan, and crush those goals. I'm Sasha, host of Strategy for Creatives, and I help female-led businesses grow their brands in authentic, measurable, and meaningful ways without the stress. There's no sugar coating here. I'm serving up real tips and actionable steps you can take to help get you organized, get off the path to burnout, and grow your brand like a boss. So go ahead, pull up a chair, grab a notepad, and let's talk business. So welcome to another episode of Strategy for Creatives Business Minus the Bullshit. I, of course, am your host, Sasha, and today I am joined by another hot seat guest. We are talking to Faith today, who is the owner of Stressed Out Mamas, which is a subscription box, um, which I love the idea of this. I'm going to talk a little bit about her business in a second, but I wanted to introduce you all to Faith. She is a Canadian subscription box owner. She's been in business for just a year. She hit her anniversary uh, yesterday. We're recording this January 5th, so her anniversary was yesterday yesterday. Um, And she says that her goal when starting her business was to allow mothers a chance to remember how much value they have and that we all know I've talked about this. If you listen to my other podcast, Roll and Sip, um, which is all about motherhood, pouring from an empty cup does not work when you're a mom. And so the goal, of course, is to help mothers pour from a full cup. And so she's curated a monthly subscription box made with locally Canadian made items. Each box is different. Uh, It has a different theme each month that helps moms navigate through motherhood. And she is also a mom herself, of course, of five, which I don't know how you even begin to do that. I am a mother of one, um, so I can't imagine having five kids. Uh, But welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. And I love when everyone's like, wow, you have five kids. But like... (laughs) In my family, my fiance, his mom is one of 10. So like wow. for me to have five, they're like, why can't you have 10? It's like, uh, today <laughs> doesn't work for that number. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I only ever wanted one kid. So um, the idea of having five kids is a lot are they is it uh are they mixed boys girls yes so I have two bonus sons 12 and 8 and then I have a daughter who's 8 and then my fiance and I have twins that are three years old so I like even numbers and I was like yeah let's do it even four this will be perfect (laughs) yeah and then you got five (laughs) yeah and like the crazy thing is like his side doesn't have twins my side doesn't have twins. So we went into this. It was like a guaranteed one. Never think that. <laughs> well, I commend you for being able to carry twins because I, my body, it was hard just to have the one. So I'm sure that was, yeah. was a challenge. I think like every pregnancy, I wish women would own. Like pregnancy can be hard and that's okay. And it's okay to say, hey, I had a shitty pregnancy. It's like, yes, you did. Let's yes, let's commend I, you for having a shitty pregnancy. <laughs> I feel the same exact way. I did not enjoy being pregnant. So I I 100% agree with that. Um, but let's talk about your business. So Stressed Out Mamas. I love the premise of your business. I love the idea of reminding women um, just, you know, how powerful we can be and that we can't pour from empty cups. I think even without being a mom, I think we play so many roles in just society in general. So having to do so many things when you bring motherhood into that 
and trying to take care of one and or five kids, it's hard. It's a lot of work. And so reminding women that we we can't, you know, pour from an empty cup and we have to do things from our for ourselves, I think is a is a amazing idea. I think that, you know, you've hit the mark on that. And motherhood in general is a niche that uh has endless business possibilities. So I think you've definitely tapped into that. Um I know when you talked about wanting to be on the show, you mentioned that um, you've struggled in a couple of areas in your business. And I wanted to start off with the marketing for your business. Uh, You mentioned properly becoming the perfect saleswoman is how you wrote it. Um, So tell me a little bit about what your struggles are with that um, and what kind of that looks like for you. Definitely. So like when I started my company a year ago, Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. Like, I have no business background whatsoever, no sales pitching, no nothing. So, like, to even be here a year later, I was like, I did it. But the confidence there is like, but I'm just a mom. I have that mind block of, well, I'm just a mom. Can I talk to other moms like me? Can I sell them products that I think that every mom would use? And I'm just so nervous for all of those different components and going into the holiday season women aren't buying for themselves it's Mm -hmm. the men and I was so terrified to approach men to be like hey I have the perfect gift because I was scared on how they would react or I was scared on what to do yeah, no, I definitely, I, I, I will say, I'll start off by saying that you're not alone with that. I think a lot of people face that in business. Um, and so, first of all, I want you to, and, I, and I've, I've experienced this myself when I had my own kid, and I think a lot of moms experience this. You're, you're women in general, you're so much more than just a mother. You were someone before you had kids, and when your children grow up, you will be that person again. <laughs> so mom is just another role that we play. It's it's not our complete facet of who we are as adults. Um, and so we can always be more than quote unquote, just the mom. I, I hate that phrase. And I think because a lot of women internalize it, a lot of people think that, you know, when, once you become a mom, that's all that you are. That's your only role. And, and that's simply not true. You haven't been in business that long. So that's also something to remember that it takes a while to be build up that self-confidence. And a lot of that comes from just doing it, that just the repetitive action of selling ourselves, of recognizing that business owner is a role that we play. It's not the only role that we have, of course, but it is a role that we're playing. And it, it just comes with practice. You did mention that, especially for the holidays, you know, women don't buy gifts from themselves. We, we, hint at our husbands or our boyfriends, fiancés, whoever, our partners, this is what we want. And that is true, but I want you to think about you're not marketing to men to buy gifts for their partners. You're marketing to women who are then telling their partners what they want, right? And so because if we get into our heads that you're trying to sell to men so that they can gift these to their partners, that marketing looks completely different than if you're marketing to women. And most of the time, women are the ones making the financial decisions in a household. Women are the ones who are deciding what they want. Most men 
uh, don't know what to buy their partners. And so they're going to say, what do you want? And it's up to us women to like hint, hint, you know, I really like this, this company or, you know, whatever it is. So you're marketing to other women and that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. What you can focus your marketing on though is things that relate to probably new motherhood or those early stages of motherhood uh, because I think that's where we fall into a lot of that stressed out part (laughs) and your stressed out mamas happens in those earlier years not to say that once we have older kids and mind you my son is only four so he's not that old but from my experience from knowing women who have older kids, it definitely gets easier, right? Once once they hit the teenage years, uh, you're stressed out, but in a different way. <laughs> different stresses come along. And so you probably would serve yourself better to market for newer moms, either as gifts for like a baby shower gift. Like this is something that you can gift, you know, to someone who's expecting, you know, let them let them, ex- you know, they'll be stressed out those first couple of months. This makes a great gift, you know, or uh, birthday gifts from when your kid's turning one or two, you know, why not get yourself a gift because you made it to this milestone? You know, your kid, you survived a year as a new mother, like congratulations. And so that's what I would suggest as far as marketing. I would also say too, because you worded it this way, you, um, you, you quote said, becoming the perfect saleswoman. Perfection is not something that exists in the real world. Not, not that humans can make, right? So, when I for any business owner, I think we need to remove the thought of being perfect at anything that we do. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to slip up. We might not always do things the right way. And a lot of the times the idea of being perfect stops us from pushing ourselves forward to do something. If we don't think we have the right marketing message, if we don't think we're saying the right things, if we're not as confident in what we're saying, we can mentally use all of that as reasons why we shouldn't be doing something. We can tell, we can talk ourselves out of doing something because we don't believe that we're perfect yet. And it's a mind block. It's, it's literally just an excuse that we give ourselves because we're afraid of failing is really what it's about. And so Get out, get yourself out of the idea that you have to be perfect at anything in business. Nobody is perfect. You'll get better at it. Um, but in any stage of business, you're going to make mistakes. So I, I wanted to say that as to how, how does any of that resonate with you? How does that make you feel? Yeah, it's crazy that like when starting a business, I never thought I would go on my own personal journey. Like thinking of like how you said those mind blocks, you don't. Like, I wish there was a book where getting into business, they would say, okay, you're going to have a mind block. You're going to have to work on yourself before you can really advance your business. And I really love the fact of learning all these things along the way. And I think, you know, I don't have to be the perfect salesperson or I don't have to switch my marketing from women all year to then shift to men because there's lots of companies out there that don't do that they don't market to the men and it's just the women that they resonate with and I think maybe honing in on that one lane instead of trying to switch back and forth may really help yeah I mean the the nature of your business itself is geared towards women I mean it's geared towards mothers and that's ultimately who you should be marketing to and you can even frame it as a way because you you did mention you know women don't buy gifts for themselves but we should 
right? It's something that we should be doing. And so uh, I'm a big believer in self-care and that it's something that women should partake in, whether it's, you know, giving ourselves a spa day or like I like to get my nails done, get your hair, just something for you, whatever that is. And so part of your marketing could also be stressing that, you know, like you mentioned pouring from an empty cup, you know, fill your cup up, do something for yourselves, even if it's just something as simple as getting a subscription box that's going to help you feel pampered that's going to give you those moments where you can focus on yourself and you know I'm not sure what's included in your boxes but you know things like that whatever's in your box you know give yourself the gift of time for yourself you are allowed to buy things for yourself everything doesn't have to be about your kids or your partner or whatever else you have to you know have going on it's okay to pamper yourself um, because that message resonates with a lot of women because we do feel guilty about buying things for ourselves why you know why am I gonna spend money on something for me when my kid needs or and or wants something that I should be getting for them. But we we have to take care of ourselves because if we're not, we're not going to be good members of society, let alone moms, wives, partners, any of that. And so some of that messaging too, I think would help your marketing because it plays into a lot of that mom guilt, right? That we that we shouldn't be doing things for ourselves. And I don't like the idea of mom guilt and that narrative. So um, I think that's something else you can kind of tap into in your marketing as well. One of the other things you mentioned was finding the right people to collaborate with for your business. You have the perfect business to collaborate for. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... And this is for any for any business when you're looking for collaborations. Think about what makes the most sense for not just your business, but who you're looking to partner with. If who you're looking to partner with is targeting the same people that you are trying to target as well. And, and this goes into the same thing about marketing and having confidence in your business and your messaging. Because when it comes to collaborations, it's really just about reaching out to people. It's literally sending an email and putting yourself out there and reminding yourself the worst that they can say is no, right? And, you know, it doesn't mean that they hate your business. It doesn't mean that what you're not doing is good. It just means that for right now, for whatever reason, it doesn't fit for them. And so when it comes to marketing for collaborations and reaching out for collaborations, that's what you want to point out. Reach out to product owners or things like that who can be in your in your boxes. And what do they get out of it? Right. What do they get out of from offering you maybe product at a discounted you know, cost so that they can be in boxes? They'll get new members. You know, they get new people eyes on their product. They're going to get um, maybe marketing through your boxes, right? You can include cards, uh, you know, here are the makers in this month's boxes, here are their websites, here where you can follow them. They're getting marketing so that way you can, you know, people can then find them on their own. You want to be specific if you can in numbers, right? And I know you're just starting out, but this is how many people currently subscribe. This is our growth plan. You know, this is how many people I'm hoping will subscribe in the next couple of months things like that, because that's really is what's going to entice people to collaborate. It's not so much what you get out of it, but it's what they will get out of the collaboration. Um, Because we know what you're going to get out of it, right? You're going to get hopefully discounted products. You'll get hopefully marketing on their end, cross promotion where they, you know, oh, we're included in this month's box. You should definitely check it out. 
And but it's really about what will they get out of it as well. And also, so whenever you're doing collaborations too, you want to make sure, and this is where a lot of people fall when it comes to doing business with other people, um, that there's always, even if it's a simple email, but that there's always some sort of agreement in place that outlines what's expected of both parties. I've seen a lot of times, and I've see, I see it a lot when I do podcasting, actually. In my other podcast, Roll and Sip, we always have a lot of guests on the show. Um, and we always ask them, you know, rate the show and then um, share the show when your episode comes out you'd be surprised how many people don't share the show and or rate, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you would think that more people would share it, but they don't. But it's also something that we don't require because it's something that we do for fun. And so it's not necessary, you know, it's not a main sticking point for us. But when it comes to doing certain collaborations in your business, you can have an agreement with people that says, you know, I, I if you agree to be a part of this collaboration, I require that you share X number of posts on your social media or you include, you know, it's one time mention, two time mention in a newsletter that goes out to your email subscribers and make sure that you're included on those. That way, you know that they are upholding their end of the bargain. And the, you know, the reciprocal thing of that is if it's not included, I reserve the right to, you know, not include your product or something, you know, I won't promote you, something of that end, because, you don't you want there to be stakes on both sides you know you want there you want them to be just as committed as collaborating with you as you are collaborating with them and so having those um having having those details in there in agreement where both parties are like yep this is what we both get out of it it also helps with confusion with questions or you know like if they weren't happy, you know, you can point to an agreement that says, okay, this is what we agreed on. Always, especially in your kind of business, always have some sort of or clause in there. We don't guarantee any, you know, additional business is going to come. We don't guarantee followers or things like that. This is just a promotional opportunity or a marketing opportunity for your business. You want to make sure that you're including messaging like that. But agreements just help both parties get clear on what's expected of both of them, what they're getting out of it. But that's really, like I said, collaborations are really just all about putting ourselves out there. It's it's really just, hey, love your products. I own this business. I think, you know, it would do really well in my box. And it's a straight pitch. So as you're building your confidence in your business, uh, work on that, what that pitch looks like. It's okay if it's a template email that you kind of modify for every time that you send out to somebody new, but work on what that pitch looks like. You know, introduce yourself. Here's who I am. Here's what my business is. Here's what I love about your business. You know, here's why I think it will work for us. Here's what I'm proposing as far as a collaboration. Let me know if you would like to chat details and kind of leave it at that. So I see lots of head nodding. <laughs> Yeah. Can you tell, like, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because it's crazy. You would think, and like, it blows my mind. Why wouldn't people want to share that they're on a podcast? Like, that's huge. Why wouldn't people want to be like, I'm in a subscription box. Look at this. But a lot of people I've worked with in the past, I would give them a discount code to share with their customers. I would blast on my Instagram and my TikTok on using their products. And they would never share the stuff. And I was like, you know, if I do great in business, you do great in business. So I don't understand. And maybe having that contract or that agreement really breaks it down. So I'm not feeling at the end of the day that, you know, I got nowhere. 
and they got nowhere. So it doesn't help my my box at all when those situations arise. Yeah, and that and that's that's what the purpose of the agreement is. It's to clarify what both of our roles are going to be in this. It also honestly makes us look like we are bigger in business than we are, right? It kind of carries a weight to what we are asking if we are including things like in agreements in there. You know, once they agree, great, here's, you know, my subscription box agreement. Here's what's expected of you. Here's what I'm going to do on my end. Let me know if that works for you. Can you please sign it, you know, and we'll work out the details from there. It gives your business a level of maturity and makes it seem like a more substantial business, even though you've only been in business a year and it's just you. So it's just a way to kind of add that weight to it as well. And I think the reason why... Um, because like I said, I've experienced this as well. People don't like to share is, you know, we all get caught up in what we're doing in life, all of the, the things that we have going on in life. But uh, a lot of times it's because we're not requiring that of other people. And because the people that we may be targeting uh, for collaborations aren't necessarily our ideal collaborators. So of course we we in business we've all heard the the you know phrase you know your target audience or your ideal client right we know what that is but that's the same thing when it comes to collaborations you have people who are your ideal collaborators and those are like I mentioned earlier people whose products are targeting the same customers and clients that you are so it could be that it's nice for example to have like a candle box or something like a, a you know a nice candle in your in your box right it that that's nice to have but who are these the candle makers that you are collaborating with are you picking candles that are made for like you know single women who are taking spa baths you know at home all drinking wine because yeah that can overlap your market but it's not necessarily your same market you want to make sure that you're reaching out to people who I'm making candles for stressed out moms you know so they can light it and you know it's aromatherapy and they'll be relaxed when they do these things try to find collaborations that are fitting within the same niche as you because those people are going to be more likely to to promote and share, especially if you have an agreement that they're working with you because you're targeting the same people. And it's like you said, they know that, okay, more eyes on you means more eyes on me. So I'm going to share this as well. So make sure that you are targeting collaborations that make sense for your niche and not just necessarily nice to have things in your box. Because in your category, especially, there are businesses that are focused 100% just on moms and motherhood. Like they're making products just for mothers, motherhood related products. They're, you know, it, it might be something, candles, stationery, um, things like that. They're doing those things though, but for mothers. And so if you are able to find those organizations, those companies, then they're going to be more likely to share and, and do things like that. And then also focus on, and, and this changes over time. You want to make sure that you're reaching out to companies that, are about where you are in business, but maybe a little ahead of you in business because you don't want to reach too big because they're more likely to just say, no, this isn't worth my time. And you don't want to be too small because those are the people who are going to say, well, I can't afford to do X, Y, and Z for you. Let's just exchange product or something like that. And that doesn't always work in, in all cases. So you want to 
target companies who are a little above you, who have the capability to market the way that you need to market, who are going to share the way that you need to share, who are able to contribute products and things like that without it being a financial burden to them. And so, of course, as you get bigger in business, that will keep shifting. And of, and the hope, of course, is too, that as you get bigger in business, the people who are contributing to your subscription boxes will also be growing with you. So they could always, you know, you can always go back to them and use them with products and keep those existing relationships going, but focus on organizations and companies that are, are, are roughly around the same size as you. So that way you're both kind of on level playing fields when it comes to who you're targeting. So how does, how does all of that sound? That's really like, I love when we first started talking about like agreements and stuff. Sometimes we forget about like, it's okay that I'm still starting out, but I can be up at the same level as all these bigger companies. I can still have agreements. I can still hold people to a higher standard. And I think for a new business, sometimes I forget that I'm allowed to do that because I am a new business. I feel like, oh, well, I just have to take what I get. Maybe I don't have to take what I get. I can have a higher standard because that's okay. That's how the bigger businesses got where they were because they had a higher standard. And finding yeah, those right people is... Definitely. I looked at I looked at your website and your like the way that you first of all I love the way that you your boxes are laid out and your design that you have on your boxes but the photography that you have the way that you're curating your boxes it doesn't it's not saying that it's not that it's cheap right it's yeah. it's not coming off as something that's inexpensive or something that you know somebody wouldn't enjoy getting you know and you can move and it's clearly it depends on you know where you want your business to go because i think people also also equate handmade to not being luxury and that's not the same thing like there are plenty of people who make handmade things that are also luxury items it doesn't necessarily have to be but you can build your brand and build your boxes and curate them in such a way that they are saying luxury brand right and that's going to put you in a different clientele in order to make collaborations with different people that are going to uplevel your business. Because when people feel as if they are buying something that's a luxury item, and in your case, you know, it's something that you have to get people to want, right? Because we don't need anything that's in these boxes. It's, you know, it's something that's purely going to be a want for most people. What's going to entice them to want something? It's going to be higher end goods that look you know, they look really nice or they feel really nice or they bring me comfort or, you know, they give me time back or something like that. So in your marketing is how you can also reach out to different collaborators who are going to help push your business in a different level if you want it to go that route. If you want it to be more of the handmade type thing and not the luxury end of it, it's still the same type of goal. You know, it's still saying I'm, I'm making you know, I'm giving you, uh, I'm giving you items that are going to make you feel good or are going to, they're unique or something like that. The marketing will be a little bit different, but it's the same type of when you're reaching out to the collaborations, you're stressing those same types of things. This is who I'm going for. And so when you are reaching out for these collaborations, I encourage you to either think about, uh, uh, either a media kit, pitch kit, whatever you want to call it, but essentially make a PDF that has, you know, here's what my business is. 
here's, you know, past boxes that I've done. Don't just send them to your website, especially when you're trying, because this elevates that look of like, I am a big business owner, right? I know what I'm doing. I have like all of these things in place. Here's my pitch kit. So here's, you know, what Stressed Out Mamas is. Here's how many people follow us. Here's how many subscriptions I have. Here's other brands that we've used in the past you know include their logos and things like that here's what our customers say include testimonials include things like your expected reach or your expected subscribers or how your business has grown because all of those not only convey that we are serious in our business and that we are bigger than what we are but if you are targeting businesses that are actually a little bit smaller it makes them feel like, oh, I get to work with like a big company. Like, look how professional they are. And they have a media kit. I don't even have anything like that. So it's all about giving that impression that, you know, yes, I, you know, I'm my business is a, a business, right? It's not just something that I'm doing as a hobby. It's, you know, this is something that I'm serious about. And so little things like that can make our business seem a lot bigger, a lot more professional um, than it actually is. You know, no one needs to know that you might be packing boxes in, you know, the hallway in the middle of the night while your kids are asleep. Um, so it just gives the idea of an elevated brand, which makes people more likely to want to contribute to your business. I love that. And I love how like at the beginning of our call, you were saying that like, oh, it's okay to take notes. And I'm sitting here going, damn, I shouldn't be taking notes. So, <laughs> so for anyone listening, make sure you're taking notes because a lot of this stuff is like gold that I would never <laughs> thought of. <laughs> yeah, a lot of what we do in business, especially when we're starting out, it's all about perception, right? It's all about making us look as if we know what the hell we're doing when we really don't, because it it do, it takes a while unless you have a business background. It takes a while to learn the things that aren't directly related to whatever your business is. You know, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast. You know, a lot of people are good at their craft. They're good at whatever whatever the actual business of their business is. People are good at that. Everything else that's behind that, all of the marketing and advertising and, you know, getting new clients and customer service and pitching, that's where people struggle in business. And so if we essentially fake it till we make it, and I use, I don't really like that phrase because it, it can, it can give people a imposter syndrome, but if we are making our brand a little bit more elevated than what we feel like it is at the moment because we can like I said we can talk ourselves down and we can say like oh you know I'm just starting out I'm not a business owner yet if we put our mindset in that no I this is a business this is the way I want to present my business you know I deserve to be taken seriously as part of a you know have being a business and being a business owner I'm not you know a mom who happens to have a business on the side, you know, I am a business owner and I'm a mom, you know, you own those roles, then you are more likely to present your business in a way that is elevated and that is professional and that is going to come off as something that you're serious about, which therefore will make others take your brand seriously. Yes. And I love that. Like, I'm going to use that quote from now on. I'm a business owner and then I'm a mom. I'm not a mom and then a business owner because that is such a mind shift for moms. Hey, like you're, it's okay to put your business first because when people work outside of the home and they go to a nine to five, well, I work as a government body and I, I go to an office all day, every day, Monday to Friday. 
But when we are at home, we're like, oh, yeah, well, I guess it's my second thing. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> no, this is my full-time income. <laughs> yes, yep. I'm a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's it. a lot of business is mindset. It's a lot of hyping ourselves up, talking ourselves out of things, talking ourselves into things um, is, is a lot of what plays into business. And so we have to be able to remind ourselves that, you know, yes, I am a business owner, you know, like, and that's one of the things I talked about at the beginning of the month in one of my episodes, turning your hobby into a business. That's one of the things where a lot of people fail at is because if you are looking at your business as a hobby, your mindset's going to be a lot different. It's it's not going to be the same as if you are looking at your business as I am using this to make money. I am using this. It's not a hobby. It's not something that I'm doing on the side. Even if it's just a side hustle, this is not something that's, you know, doesn't deserve my full attention. And so a lot of a lot of business is is purely just mindset and shifting our thoughts into into how a business owner would think. So hopefully you've been able to get something, some, some gems out of the episode. I hope. Definitely. I will definitely be re listening to my own episode because I need to take notes. <laughs> I think your podcast has been amazing for me as a business owner myself, because listening and not just hearing, but listening and taking those notes and taking a step back and learning along the way with your podcast has been quite amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, To everyone else who's out there listening, Faith, of course, is very new in her journey to entrepreneurship. And I'm sure some of you are as well. But we all struggle through these same issues in business. As we're growing in our business, we sometimes lose the confidence that we had early in our business because we're at a different level and we know that people are ahead of us. And how can we get to that next level? None of what Faith is experiencing is new to most business owners. We've all been there. So hopefully you all have been also able to gain a, a action item or two that you can take away that you can start implementing in your business, whether that's clearly reminding yourself that you are a business owner and that you deserve to be taken seriously, or even if it's little things like creating something like a media kit or creating something like an, a pitch email to collaborators working on an agreement that you're going to have between those who are you're collaborating with so that way you're all on the same page. Don't ever worry that you might offend someone by putting a collaboration agreement out there. That's what real quote-unquote business owners do is they have agreements between business parties and makes your business official. It protects you. It protects the other business. It lets uh, roles be clearly defined and what's expected of people. So hopefully you've been able to take away something from all of that that you can go back in your business and work on. But Faith, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Sasha. I'm excited to hear it come out. <laughs> thank you. Are you ready to uplevel your business? Join the five-day Be Your Own CEO Challenge. All the details are available on the website at www.buy-sasha.com. If you like what you heard, make sure you rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And of course, follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Want to follow me on social? I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Strategy by Sasha. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday for more business tips.